Hello, dear friend, and welcome. My name is Cynthia Alice Anderson, and I'm the owner and founder of the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. I have been so honored to be able to offer these programs several days a week, and these programs I know are inspiring, they are supporting, and they are uplifting your life's journey. I want to see that continue, and I honor you for being a part of making that happen. So for over five years, we've been able to offer these programs, and we want to continue to be able to offer them. So over the next 90 days, we are raising $9,000, and that's going to get us all the way through the end of the year. So I ask you to consider taking the time to support the channel that supports you. And again, our goal that we're asking you to be a part of is $9,000 in 90 days. And we look forward to hearing from you, friend. We're honored to support your journey. And we always are lifting you in prayer for God's highest and best in your life. Blessings on the journey, dear friend. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Welcome to the weekly message from Unity North Tampa, presented here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Today's message is The Simplicity of Life and was recorded on Sunday, June 26, 2022. So there's a saying in Texas, it goes, uh, that man is all hat, no cattle. Have you ever heard that statement? You never heard it? Some of you, yeah. yeah I'll tell you what it means is uh, he talks a lot, but there's nothing of substance under there. In other words, acts like he knows something, but doesn't know nothing. Okay, so all hat and no cattle really is, if we were saying it in our terms, the lie of the ego. The lie of the ego. We see it in politics all the time. (laughs) Yeah, finally I get an amen, right? Yes, yes. So, and we do it ourselves, don't we? If there's something we don't know or we're, we're trying to be like super sure of ourselves. I, I, uh, I had a friend that, uh, used to drive. This is about, you remember when, uh, it was a real big deal to have a Beamer, a BMW. Remember that? I mean, maybe it still is. I'm so out of that game that I don't know. Maybe it still is, but I had a friend. She was real beautiful, you know, long uh, blonde hair, and she loved to drive that Beamer, you know, and she'd get pulled over all the time, and, you know, the police officer would talk to her, and, you know, do you know how fast you're going? She'd say, I'm just enjoying my ultimate driving machine, you know, and they would laugh, and she was so pretty. They'd just let her go by, you know. Well, pretty soon, that tag number got started getting recorded. And the next time she tried that, I'm just enjoying my driving machine. Police officer said, you're enjoying it a little too much, honey. Because we've been pulled over this many times. And, you know, she got so sure of herself, she thought the rules didn't apply. That's all hat and no cattle. That's all hat and no cattle. And with us, usually in relationships, sometimes it happens in real subtle ways. Right, so uh, people that know me real well know that um, in the last six months, I've started uh, deepening my practice, my exercise program for my physical body, because so much of what I do is spiritual. It's really good for me to have that opposite polarity as a part of my life, and it's really wonderful to uh, have somebody correcting me almost constantly, because what does it do? Well, it makes me shed my need to know. 
And I, it happened very recently with my coach. He told me something. I said, mm -mm. like that. And he goes, well, Cynthia, I'm sensing a little defensiveness. I said, oh, no. <laughs> he said, and there it is again. He wasn't going to let me out of it, right? He wasn't going to let me out of it. And I said, all right, well, let me think about it. He said, go ahead, get on the mat, right? Well, go ahead, you think about it. And I said, you know what? I was defensive. He said, good. End of that lesson today. You know, sometimes we don't want to admit we're vulnerable, right? We don't want to admit we don't know. So we don't want to be the, I'm going to walk around and tell everybody, you know, what's up and not be willing to be corrected or be right, you know, not be right. To be able to be vulnerable. And you remember the last three weeks we did that fun series called Creating Healthy Relationships. And we were talking about one of the key signs of a healthy relationship is the willingness to be wrong. Right? The willingness to be vulnerable. The willingness to laugh at yourself. Sometimes, friends, we're funny. We have to be able to laugh at ourselves. Right? And when we can laugh at ourselves, then the healing can happen. As long as we're acting like we know everything, you know, healing can't happen. In Jesus' time, you know, it was all about uh, uh, the, the ego needs were all about sitting at Jesus' right hand. Anybody uh, remember that scripture? Jesus, who's going to sit by you when we get to heaven? I thought, wow, people have always been people, right? Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. called that the drum major instinct. Everybody wants to be up front. Everybody wants to be the one. Everybody wants to be the noticed one, the important one. And sometimes the most important thing and the most important one is doing when nobody else is looking. I think that's the kind of servant leadership we, uh, we practice here at Unity North Tampa and that we're seeking to build into even more. We don't do it for the recognition. We do it because it's ours to do. We show up and do the food because it's ours to do. We show up and help with the uh, men of unity because we're men, and that's what we do. When the men are doing something and it says men of unity, well, if you're a man in unity, you show up because that's yours to do. If there's a retreat or a group and there's something deepening, you say, well, I don't know what this is, but you know what? I'm going to show up because I feel this is mine to do. And see, in unity, we're going to support you knowing what yours to do because we believe you're a soul and we believe you're connected and we believe you know what yours to do and who you are. I, you know, I don't have to tell you who to vote for. I trust you to know. There, there's a lot of churches right down the street, though, that are going to do that. If that's what you want, that's not here. This is, I'm going to give you all the freedom in the world to do exactly what you believe is right. Right? Because I know that you're a soul, that you're on purpose, that you are divinely guided, that you are supported, that you are blessed, and that God is within you and all around you and always has been. Look at the person next to you say, I see God in you right now. Right now. And remember... Oh, I forget. I should never do that with you guys. It goes on and on. No, you're like, no, I really mean it. And I think you're fabulous. And by the way, what are you doing after? Let's go to a movie or whatever. Right? And, um, but, but I think we do need reminders and we do need spiritual community even more. 
I'm feeling the need for even more. You know, when somebody asked me why were we doing, you know, this Cowboy Sunday, I jokingly at first said, of course, because we can. Or, but then I said, but you know, what's fun is that we're a community and it's, we want to have fun. We want life to be full of joy and celebration and peace. And friends, all are welcome in unity. All are welcome here. So, and I think we all need a safe place right now to be able to be loved and nurtured and supported. And to be in our joy. To be in our joy. It's so important to remember. Remember we said another sign of a healthy relationship was what? To laugh. To be able to laugh. And being able to cry. You know, it's a safe spiritual community when you can do either of those in a Sunday service and be loved no matter what. In unity, we're going to keep giving your power back to you. We're going to keep giving your power back to you. We don't want to take it. We want to give it to you. Because you're a soul and you are free. We're going to talk all about that next week. So our goal here is not to live from the ego or the limited self, but to live from the soul, the unlimited self. It's amazing because nearly every religion I can think of, every world religion that I can think of, teaches that there's a soul. And then after that starts coming all this dogma. In unity, it's so simple. There's one presence, one power. Say that with me. One presence, one power. Together, one presence, one power. And the second principle is that lives in you. How simple is that? Well, if there's one, you've got to be part of it. If you just get principle number one, you have what unity is about. What really matters is you and God. Now, there's going to be some unity person watching and saying, well, that sounds separate. Yeah, it's because we're humans, and sometimes we don't feel like God is right here, right? But God is here, everywhere present, always, in us, around us, enfolding us, indwelling us. I'll say, God is everywhere available. You say, because well, people say, well, if God's everywhere, why is there evil in the world? Well, because God is just available. You've got to tap in and act from that place. That doesn't just happen on automatic. Remember we said healthy relationships are conscious? Remember we've been talking about that? So your God relationship is also conscious. And however you are with God, that is reflected in all of your other relationships. When I was in recovery rooms years ago, in my late 20s, I found Al-Anon. What a gift to my life, to find Al-Anon. I learned about codependency. I learned about, you know, family patterns. And I heard in those rooms one time, a woman said, well, you know, um, if you treat the 12-step program like a drop-in, that's exactly what it is, a drop in your life. I said, ooh, that's big. That has a lot of, that has some resonance to it. And I thought, well, that's with anything. Right? And so if you're dedicated to your spiritual journey rather than having these little moments, your whole life can have a spiritual tone. Your whole life can be lived from the soul, which means your life will be easier, full of, more full of joy, and certainly have more abundance. Somehow we get in our minds that living from the soul is difficult when in fact living from the ego is difficult because you're so busy trying to convince everybody of everything. I'm saying you get to drop the act and be the real you. The real you, which is a soul. It's not even your age or all of that and where you were born and how, you know, where you are in the birth order. It's none of that. 
You are a soul. Say that to the person next to you. You are a soul. Just like that. You are a soul, baby. You are a soul. We're all souls. Yeah, come on. We're all souls. Speak the truth. Yeah. We're all souls. So then, what does that mean? Well, then that means we have to spend daily time tapping into that soul to know what's ours to do. See, the problem is when we get up in the morning, the logical thing is to live from the mind. You say, well, I use my mind to balance my checkbook, to know to stop when there's a red light. I do use my mind, yes. And I read and I get information. And now we have more information than we've ever had. And look, we're no better. As a matter of fact, there's more violence, it seems, than there's ever been. But we have a lot of information. So what are we missing? The soul. So we don't need more knowledge. We need more wisdom. Right? We don't need more information. We need collaboration. Right? We don't need more Facebook. Right? We don't need more Facebook. We need more real connection. When you feel connected, you, you, can't, you don't dream of doing anything violent. Because you know you're loved. So friends, it's up to all of us to be about this. I think the problem happens, and it's, it's easy to get into this idea. I've thought it myself. Why doesn't somebody else do something about all this? I sit at home, my comfortable chair, uh, scrolling. I say, now, what, why doesn't somebody do something about all that? That's because it's up to us. Do you guys remember that really old movie with George Burns called Oh God? You remember that? That that was a brilliant movie, right? And John Denver, right, is saying, well, what what about this mess? And God goes, well, details are up to you. I created the big picture. Yeah, details are up to us. So how are we going to fill in those details? Not from the ego self, the limited self, but from the unlimited, the infinite soul of you. So uh, one of the number one questions I get as a minister, and I work with a lot of people one-on-one as well, all around the country, the number one question I get is, how do I know if it's ego or soul? Have you ever thought that? Raise your hand if you've ever wondered, which is all of us, right? How do I know if it's ego or soul? It's a great question. So I want to help you with that because I think all of us could be living from soul right this second, all the time. Number one question is, is it good for me? Say with it, say that with me. Is it good for me? Together? Is it good for me? Now, I did not say, do you like it? Say, mm-hmm. I did not say, do you like it? I said to say, is it good for me? Say it one more time. Is it good for me? Mm-hmm. And so, if it's good for you, that means it's either, it's probably going to take you out of your comfort zone a little bit. So, the other way you know the difference between soul and ego is the ego of you, the mind of you, argues. You know what I'm talking about? Nowadays, a lot of people call that the monkey mind. As soon as you try to do something, you get, right? It goes on automatic, right? So the soul of you knows, the ego argues. So say with me, soul knows, together. Soul knows, and now say with me, ego argues. Ego argues, right? Ego always. And and here's what's so funny. Ego is only wrong 100% of the time. It's true. It's true. A hundred percent of the time. But here's the thing. This helped me think about it. So have you ever been downtown 
Well, I know downtown here. I grew up in Atlanta. Okay, so when I was a kid, I remember they built this real big hotel. And it was one of those circular hotels that had one of those restaurants went around at the top, you know. So you could see all over the city, you know. It was like really a big deal. And we lived, you know, outside of the city, just a little. So that sounded like fantastical to go down there and see that. So we went down there. And you know what I noticed is we got onto the elevator And it was a glass elevator. But even though it was a glass elevator, at that ground floor, all I could see was a couple of little plants. In those days, it was an ashtray right there. Then, all of a sudden, that thing started going up, up, up. By the time I got to the top, wow, guess what? Completely different perspective. I couldn't see everything. Even people seemed like little tiny ants moving. It was unbelievable. That's what it's like to live from soul. You have a proper perspective of the smaller things. Living from soul is this higher, higher perspective. You know, I mentioned that we were just, uh, I say we, uh, my son and I just went to North Carolina. We were in an area of North Carolina called Hot Springs. I have a lot of family history there. I think I shared my great-grandmother's home that was built in 1840s, still there, and we stayed there. And part of what we were doing there was going up uh, to release my mom's ashes. That was her request at the top of this mountain peak called Max Patch. And when you get up at Max Patch, you can see, I think it's three ranges all the way around. And it is so stunning. And I think if we could just live from this perspective, all would be well. There were hikers. There were, you know, there was our family, which I mean, you know, my family, we get together. We look like the cast of deliverance. I, you know, but... I think we scared a few of the hikers, but that's okay. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to go over here with our packs. You know, these people are nuts. So, but everybody was laughing, getting along, right? Positive energy, higher vision. Are you feeling into this with me, what that means? I'm not saying things don't have to change on the human level. Yeah, we're in a tremendous time of change in our country. Tremendous time of change. So, but what it needs is not angry people, but soulful people who are able to come to life from this higher perspective of soul. Not what I want, what you did wrong, and what he did wrong, what they did wrong. Because is that helping? Exactly right. Exactly right. It isn't helping. But when we can find some... uh level of connection, when we can find a way to communicate, when we can find a way to listen, when we can find a way to go, you know, it's really okay if I don't understand right now, I'm going to just sit with you and see if we can come to an understanding. And you know, friends, I know this is a lot to ask because I've been in settings with ministers of other faiths and you, you might be surprised at just how awful that can be. It should be what? Full of what? Love and respect. Well, um, several years ago, um, any of you, uh, well, all of us in Florida knew about it. There was a shooting at the Pulse nightclub. And our church was very close by. Some of our members. (laughs) Sorry. 
give me a sec. One of our members was shot 12 times and died. Another member who was a singer at our church was supposed to work that night and called in and did not go in. Thank you. So um, all of a sudden, um, I was called to be a minister at a variety of places. Um, mayoral breakfast, you know, mayor, uh, what is it called? Council of clergy and all this. So, uh, and I'd already done a lot of city council meetings and things like that. But, um, one of the things I was asked to do is be a part of a Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, celebration, march and parade and all of that, which of course I was happy and honored to do because of my family's history with civil rights. I grew up in the first integrated church in Georgia, right? So we knew Coretta. My grandmother called Coretta and said, come on, get some people over here. Let's make it happen, right? So we, so my family has a real history with that. So it's real honored to be there. So of all the, I'm leading up to something now. Are you with me? Stay with me. All right. So there was all these ministers, of course, invited to this thing. Baptists, uh, Methodists, uh, you know, there was like, they tried to get like one of each. And I think unity, they were like, well, you represent everybody else. We don't know what category to put you guys in, but come on. And, and we want you to lead the prayer. We want you to lead the prayer. I said, I'm happy and honored to do it, you know, whatever. So after I got done with the prayer, we were getting ready to walk. Um, a minister, uh, a rabbi actually came to me and said, you need to learn what inner faith is. I said, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I said, let's walk together. So because in my prayer, I had said Jesus Christ, he didn't like that. But inner faith doesn't mean I lose my faith. It means I honor you and yours. But because I had said Jesus Christ and not God, he found a way to be offended. See that? This is a rabbi. So I'm saying, even with leaders in faith, we're barely doing this. So I know when I'm saying this, I'm asking a lot. But I also know the world has only ever changed when regular people do extraordinary things. Think about that. It's when regular people do extraordinary things. And that's all hat, no cattle, friends. I think of the people that meant something to me through my growing up years. They had no degrees. Think about that. They weren't known as something in the community. They were just regular people who made time to love me. Think about that. Think about that. So... I believe our call as spiritual souls is to live from our souls, from our faith, always. I don't think you get to do it for an hour on Sunday and then go be hell on social media. I don't think you can say, let's love everybody, and as soon as something comes on the news you don't like, you start vilifying. That's not living from soul. That's not living from soul. So I'm asking you to do something really extraordinary. To live from soul instead of that ego need to be right. Because the scriptures say, the last shall be first, right? 
And the first shall be what? That's right. So it's like, I'm, I'm sending you out as all like little undercover agents for God. And when you see like this energy at work that wants to pop up, you're going to be there and you're just going to go. Living from soul, got this. Oh, I see what this is. This is somebody trying to engage my ego again, and I'm going to back out of that. I'm going to hold them in prayer. I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to give them a positive word. I'm going to leave a little gift on their desk. I might even buy them lunch. I'm going to do something good to lift this person up so they don't have the need anymore to go talking about anybody because they're so loved that they just know all is going to be well. Can you imagine if each of us did that where we live and work, what the world would be? Amen? So this is my prayer for all of us, to live from soul, not from ego, right? Because it will help us live a life of freedom. Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Unity North Tampa here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com. This message is copyright 2022, Unity North Tampa, all rights reserved. Our theme music, The Light of God, is composed by Shannon Croft and used with permission and available at shannoncroft.com. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.